Pitt gets blown out by Duke. Let's talk about it, where they go from here, and how the extra basketball is going to turn out from here. It's all coming up today on this episode of Lockdown State. You are Locked On Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A huge drubbing by Duke. I am courtside here at Greensboro following this game. We're doing a true, true post game right now. Duke won 96-269. Lots of shocking things from Pitt today that have not shown up in recent memory, but they are there. And it leaves the committee with a bad taste in their mouths. I know I said that they were locked in. In my episode yesterday, I thought that this that that put them in, but we might have to reevaluate that because I've not envisioned this happening. But we'll talk about that later in this show. Things I want to talk about just this game overall. First of all, Duke's a really good team, um, much better than what they were, in my opinion, on the 11th. Um, the 11th of January, it wasn't even close. Um, I mean, that team is so much better than they were offensively and defensively. They are making threes off the dribble. They are doing a great job driving Tyrese Proctor. It looked like a maestro the whole game. Everything that was working for him was awesome. It's one of the best-played basketball games I've seen in the ACC this year. Duke was awesome in this one. Philip Powski was great. Everything came together for this team, and there's a reason why this team is going to make a big run, in my opinion, in the NCAA tournament. They just look like a dangerous team. And when they can shoot like that, I mean, it's hard to not believe that that team is going to make a run in March. As for Pitt, just not even close to what their game is. I mean, let's be real about that. Not even close to what their game is, not their best game at all. That team struggled to drive, to shoot the three, to defend. A lot of things we have talked about over the entire season, but particularly since that Virginia Tech game popped up. The defense, man, some of those some of those shots that they made were absolutely not defendable. I'm not going to lie. They made some absurd shots today. But on other ends, everything that they did was created by dribble penetration because guys blew by Pitt's defenders. Other things were created by a lack of cohesiveness and a lack of communication on Pitt's end. So all of it kind of just comes together, and it ends up being a pretty disappointing game for Pitt because nothing meshed together defensively. And offensively, they looked out of sync, and no one really looked like they came together, and their body language was real bad throughout this game. Blake Henson looked out of it. Mikey Sabandi to me and Jamari Burton were the only two I can say that felt in the game. Their head was in the game. And so, I don't know. I, I look at this team and it's a tough game to gauge. It's a tough team to gauge. But I would be worried if I were fit right now because I'm not sure that what they've done over the past month is going to get them very far. 
they can make Dayton. I'm just not sure if they're going to go very far wherever they go. They haven't played cohesive defense in a minute. Their offense is there, but they're playing more sloppy. So they're turning the ball over to allow too many easy transition buckets. There is too many times where I just leave my head scratching at what Pitt is doing right now. And that is really, to me, the bottom of this. They have good leadership. They have a lot of what they need. But this team still has not cohesively come together and done a great job of defending the ball and playing completely as a unit on both sides a complete 40 minutes in a while. And that should be concerning for everyone at this point. Because it is concerning for the fact that they haven't put together 40 good minutes of basketball in a good while. Even against Syracuse, you can argue all of that. The defense sagged off in that game. And Syracuse was able to kind of slip back in at times. Then Pitt, of course, pulled that forward. But still, this is a bad loss. It's a bad taste to leave in your mouth. And there's a few ways you can respond to that. But it's out of your hands now. And so you really wanted to have things come together when they were in your hands because you feel a lot better about everything. You feel a lot better about where you're going from here. You feel a lot better about your overall season. Uh, let, let's be real, though. I mean, this season is a success no matter what. Uh, if you thought you were going to be in this spot on March 9th, I, I would have called you crazy. In fact, they were even a five-seed, won a game, and got to this point. It's kind of crazy. Um, they were competing for an ACC regular season title. This pit team was doing a lot of great things to A and beyond. But it do, the end of the season does feel like, ah, what could have happened? What could have been? There's definitely a feel of that. And I think rightfully so for this team. They played a really bad game today. They got punched in the mouths and didn't respond for the first time in forever. Um, they just let Duke go on runs. They let Duke shoot the ball. They let Duke block shots. They let Duke completely control the pace of the game. They let Duke do everything they wanted to do. And that was probably the most disappointing part of everything to me is that Duke just dominated them mentally, physically, on the floor, off the floor. The pit just was not made. And so this is a step back for this team, too. It was a step back for this team. They really needed to have a decent showing. They didn't need to, to win this game, but they needed to have a showing by which they only lost by five, ten. I mean, they could have lost by ten, and it would have been fine. But you lose by 27. It could have been a lot worse, by the way. That's not how it would go out. And you allow Duke to shoot 62% from a four, 42% from three, 11 threes, by the way. They blocked three really key shots. You turned the ball over 10 times. Duke just dominated this all around. They dominated the boards. They dominated the offensive glass. They had 27 assists on 36 buckets. That's the most ever in an ACC tournament game. 
You just had too many breakdowns on defense, and then you let them run in transition. All of it. Pitt looked outmatched. It's a really bad matchup for Pitt, and Duke played awesome in this game. But it also doesn't mean that Pitt didn't play really bad. And so... March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I really think that Pitt at this point just needs to hit the reset button. They need to keep reconvening in practice, but I don't know where that they're going to be playing for. What they're going to be playing for. They'll be playing for something. They'll be playing for something. But are they going to be playing in the big on the big games? I think that's the question. We're going to talk about that here soon. I want to talk about, first folks, let me let you know about FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook sponsor of the NBA and the Locked On Sports Network. Folks, FanDuel has everything you could potentially want. You bet on money line, point scores, threes drain, so much more. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There's bonus bets back, too, if your first bet does not win, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. And if you look now, the NBA season is humming. FanDuel America's number one sportsbook is where you want to be. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet to $1,000, up to $1,000 advance bets. And when you go... Fandle.com slash locked on. It's fandle.com slash locked on to learn more. You can get those $1,000 in bonus bets on that no sweat first bet if you want. Folks, make every moment more with Fandle, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, folks. Let's talk about this team's resume. It's a complicated resume. They're seven and nine against Q1, Q2 teams. Um, they're two and three against quad one eighty teams at this point um, in terms of their resume. They have some really good wins. Virginia, uh, Miami, Northwestern. So they have some good wins. NC State, um, two true quad one A wins for Pitt. It can help them. But where do they stand? This is going to hurt their metric. Their net's going to probably be in the 60s. Their Ken Palm is 77. Their strength of record is going to fall. Their KPI is going to fall. All of this stuff that I'm talking about, it's just part of a metric. So let's just put the whole thing together. They have a quad three and a quad four loss. That's another thing to take into account. But they have high-end wins, and they have high-end wins over tournament teams. So there's a lot that, for me, it could do to potentially still solidify themselves. There's enough still here on Pitt's resume to get them in because they have those high wins. And they have also, more importantly to me, is I think Pitt has lots of high-end wins. And those quad 1A wins, those two quad 1A wins are really big for this team. And it's big for a team that needed those. Um, you know, every player, of course, today were asked, what do you think makes yourself an independent team? And they said yes, and they said this, this, and this. It's obvious why they would say that, but they do believe that they have that resume. So I want to talk about that, and, and I, I think they do have 
a decent enough resume, right? They have seven quad, one quad, two wins. They have some really good wins. They have some. They have a blowout win over Northwestern. They have a solid win down in NC State. They have a good win at home over Miami, a good win at home over Virginia, two wins over North Carolina. I mean, there are good wins on that resume, but they also have that important Florida State loss, that really bad loss on the road to Notre Dame. Um, and the play over the last seven, eight games has not been very good. And so if you're going by the eye test, and the committee doesn't use the eye test, um, that's not a good impression to leave. This is just not a good impression to leave, right? A 27-point loss to Duke, no matter how good Duke is playing, is just not the impression you want to leave a committee with. And so for Pitt, it's, it's just a tough balance of what you want and what you're looking for from here on out. I think for Pitt, what they need to hope for is, one, not a lot of bid stealers. I think that's a big thing. Two, the rest of the bubble's going to have to lose. Providence got rocked by uh, Utah today already um, when I was checking. Uh, ended up actually being 73-66, so not terrible for Providence. Um, Providence is in that group. Uh, Oklahoma State, what are they going to do against Texas? Penn State against Illinois. Um, there's a lot of teams to watch today and what they do. How's the rest of the bubble? It's a weak bubble. I think that's going to work in Pitt's favor. I just don't think there's a lot of teams that are going to get the favor over Pitt. Um, I, I think that's ultimately going to keep them in. They have more high-end wins than a lot of these bubble teams. And so I look at that and I say that's what's going to keep it in. And so I know I said that they were locked in after yesterday. I have to do a little bit of call because I didn't really expect 27-point loss, which is going to dip their, their metrics a lot. But the metrics aren't everything. And I think it's at some point you have to look at the fact they won 21 games and some of those wins were over really good teams. And, you, you know, you can compare to Wake Forest last year. But Wake had, had a lot more bad losses. I think they had three Q4 losses. Um, in those 29-23-9, they lost a, a bad Boston College team in the first round. Pitt beat Georgia Tech. I don't know. It's a really tough uh, it's a really tough resume to kind of gauge. But the rest of the bubble just doesn't inspire a lot of confidence to me. And I think Pitt has more high wins and more quality wins than those teams. So I imagine Pitt will get the benefit of the doubt. I want you guys, though, to hear from Jamarius Burton, the Pitt leader. He said they have to flip a switch. He's going to call a meeting. They have to do different things. I want you to hear from Jamarius Burton about what Pitt's going to do from here on out, whether they make the NIT or the NCAA tournament, and where they go from here. Got some momentum, got some confidence, and then um, it just snowballed from there. You mentioned it just there with the resume and what you guys have been able to do. It's out of mm -hmm. your hands now by this point, but when you think of an NCAA tournament team, do you feel that your team fit that mold as an NCAA tournament team? Yeah, we definitely fit that mold. I mean, we got a team full of competitors. Um, every time um, we have an opportunity to play against a big team, we always compete. And I feel like if we get into that dance, we'll do the same thing, and that's compete at a high level. JB, were they taking away your three-point shots that, that you guys might have wanted to take? I mean, yeah. Um, it's a difference when you got a seven footer closing out on you as opposed to, you know, six five, six four like other teams. So it definitely, you know, discourages you um, from getting off the shot. You know, obviously a bigger defender, bigger closeout, but um, you know, I tip my hat off to them. They they're a better defensive team than when we first played them in the show today. Jamarius, how hard was it to get popped in about that early on and then try to kind of re just, just get back to where you were, and then second half, same thing happens. How hard was it just to see those runs go up and up and try to reset your mindset? Yeah, I mean, for us, we were just trying to kill their momentum, but they just kept, they just, they just kept making shots, timely shots, and it, and every player it seemed like was contributing on their team. So you know, you just tip your hat off to them. 
Um, they showed up and um, they came ready to play. Mars, how difficult is it defensively when you have somebody like Philip Bowles, seventh foot that can stretch out and shoot threes and also be able just to respect what he can do inside? Yeah, I mean, he's a tough matchup. Obviously, his size, his ability to shoot beyond the arc, and his ability to do damage in the paint. Obviously, he shoots, the free, shoots from the free throw line very efficiently, so he's a tough matchup for sure. What do you feel like this team needs to work on when you guys get back to Pittsburgh and think about what might be next for you guys? Uh, I just think us being more connected on the defensive end, talking more, um, understanding the scouting report a little bit more, um, and just going from there. When you talk about flipping that switch, how do you guys go back to practice mm -hmm. whenever you gather again and do it and flip that switch because you know you have basketball to play still left? Yeah, I mean, for us, is is understanding that we have another opportunity and um, it's up to us to seize that opportunity. So that's what I mean by flipping the switch, understanding that there's more basketball to play and it, and it comes down to us in the locker room um, coming together um, and, and being ready for the next battle. What are you feeling right now? <sighs> I mean, just a great level of disappointment. You know, obviously we want to win the tournament. You know, we obviously wanted to get back um, against Miami. But, you know, it is what it is. We can take what we've learned from today and, and continue to grow. Do you feel like you guys learned from today? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's some film that needs to be watched. Um, but I definitely feel like we've learned from today um, just from our short conversations after. What do you feel like you guys learned? Like, was there any particular lesson that you kind of took away from today? Yeah, I just feel like we just got to compete a little bit more, um, especially when teams go on runs, understanding that, you know, it's, it's a run. You know, we can't hold, hold our head down. We just got to continue to fight. Um, and I just tip my head off to our younger guys. They came in, continue to fight, and um, they really helped us out. Yeah, so there's Jamaris Burton talking a lot about that, man. Just a tough game for Pitt. I mean, you know, a lot of what came out of that game, the Pitt can be positive as they go into – the postseason, but they have to get right defensively. I mean, that is it. It's a banged-up team. Like, I mean, really, that is a banged-up team. You look at Janaris Burton, he's a little worn out, I can tell. He's giving it his all. Greg Elliott isn't 100%. Federico has a banged-up knee. Uh, all these guys are just banged up. It's Kelly Cummings has been banged up for a month now. Uh, some of these guys, man, are, are just banged up. Um, and, and Duke was unbelievable today. Absolutely. He's awesome in this game, and they were a terrible matchup for Pitt. But Pitt's going to be sweating on Sunday, and they're not fully in yet. I shouldn't have said that they were locked in yesterday because I figured they would have been granted what they did and kind of their resume. But obviously that loss can change things, and a blowout loss does change things like that. Um, so I, I don't know. I think, though, that they are really much better – um, man, some of the other teams on the bubble, I think their wins are much better than some other teams on the bubble. And I think that'll end up getting pit in as a result of that. But we'll see kind of where they go from here. I, you can't say anything is guaranteed. And the Panthers at this point are going to be fighting um, for their lives regardless of if they're in Dayton, of if they're kind of still – in the NIT, regardless, man. I mean, there's stuff to gain from this with Jeff Capel's team. There's still enough young guys. They're going to play in a postseason tournament. I think that was the goal coming into this. So I, I don't want to lose the forest and the trees uh, tri by losing the forest, right? You don't want to lose the ground of that. Um, I think that Pitt, at this point, is in the last four in. But um, 
I think they're going to be in Dayton. But this was a good year for Pitt regardless. I mean, this team could have been offered. They could have – they could already have been gone at this point. The fact that they did what they did this year is a huge accomplishment. And I still can't lose that fact, period. You can't lose the, that fact, that, that big overview that they were supposed to suck this year. And they were a lot better. 21 wins, man. A 21-win season in the NIT would be an absolute – Great thing for Pitt before the season. I would have taken that in a heartbeat. It's disappointing right now, certainly because of how it played out and because of what it looked like. But let's not lose that context to this. Uh, this was an overachieving season for Pitt. It's even the fact that they're even here and they're guaranteed a, a one seed in the NIT probably out of this too. It's huge. Um, and so I really think that the Panthers at this point have a lot of good going their way. There's no doubt about that. They have a lot of good, but obviously nothing is guaranteed for them from here on out, and they don't control their destiny anymore. So they got to sit and wait. They got to bubble watch, and they got to be ready for wherever they got to go because they could turn on a dime, and they could be playing on Tuesday in Dayton. So we'll see what happens there. All right, folks, as always, thank you for listening to the Locked On Podcast. As we end it here, as always, hail to pick.